Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Does anybody remember that show? <laughs> yes, TGIF. Um, what a what a great lineup. I think we were talking about it at 9:30. There was Family Matters, um, Boy Meets World, which was one of my all-time favorite shows. Uh, Full House. This is back when TV was super clean, and uh, there was great story behind every show. <laughs> Uh, no, there's still some good stuff today, but uh, we're excited that you're here, and we'll say welcome to those of you that are watching online. Today is a little bit different. This is your first time here. Normally, we're not sitting on bar stools at a cafe table um, together, <laughs> so it's a little bit different, but we thought we're, we're into November. Can you believe it's November already? We're into November, first Sunday in November, and uh, the holidays are coming up. Now, I need to take a poll. Um, because we need to get this out of the way, otherwise it's just going to bug me the whole time. But how many of you are, you're of the belief that you do not decorate for Christmas until after Thanksgiving? Let me see your hand. You crazy, crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> crazy people. All right, now, all the rest of us that after Halloween's over, we're like, woo, you know, we're jingle belling already. Come on, you, where are you at? You're decorating as soon as November hits. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, that's the way that's the way I am. Uh, so in our house, we have we have not finished, but we have begun to decorate for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, so if you drive by our house in the next couple of weeks, you'll probably see some Christmas lights and a Christmas tree. And for me, Thanksgiving is like a part of Christmas. Like it's all it all just kind of you know it all just kind of comes together. Like like Thanksgiving is like prequel. You know, to Christmas, and so I just get all excited about the the whole holiday season. It's it's my favorite time of year, uh, most definitely. But uh, we thought with with us heading into November, and we start thinking about the holidays and where we're gonna go and what we're gonna eat and how many of you eat too much this time of year, yeah. and then you and then you show up on Vision Weekend, and you're like, I'm fasting and I'm gonna lose 30 pounds, and <laughs> because everything you ate, I eat way too much uh, around the holidays, but. We thought with it being the holidays, it would be a cool moment for us to take a Sunday and talk about family. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a moment. We're going to talk about family together. And I believe, we believe, and hopefully you believe that family is an important thing. But today we're not just talking about immediate family. We're going to be talking about extended family. We're going to talk about church family we're going to talk about work family, the the people that you're, maybe you're not married yet and you have close friends and, and they feel like family to you and you do everything together. Um, I don't know what it looks like for you, but we're going to talk about all those things in this message as we go through this. And uh, we've titled this message, Family Matters, and that's why we used the intro. We thought, you know, it was actually my wife's idea, uh, genius idea. I heard some people clapping and some people singing along and... <laughs> And uh, so we hope you had, a, had some fun with that. But here's, here's what we believe, that family is not an important thing, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you need people that God didn't design you, didn't create you to do life alone, That's right. uh, to be solo. And that's why we're not just talking about immediate family, because some of us in the room are single. We're not married yet. We don't have kids. You know, it, it, it could be church family. It could be the people you work with that you spend a lot of time with. Whatever it is, God created us to be in relationship with people and to have people around us. And so we believe that with all of our heart. And I want to read the scripture and then Amanda will read a couple of scriptures to kind of get us started before we get into everything that we're going to talk about today. But this first scripture is in Romans chapter 12. 
uh, verses 4 through 6, and I'm going to read this from the message translation. It says, In this way we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're, t- we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of the body. Each of us finds, that's what we try to do through next steps. I know we talk about next steps a lot and we have that. But we want to help you discover what it is that God has put on the inside of you because every one of us finds our meaning and function as a part of the body. When you, when you get going to the body and you get on a team and you begin to serve and you get in a group and, and you attend regularly and all these things, then that's where you'll find uh, your function and your meaning. But as a chopped off finger, I love this translation, as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? <laughs> so if you're out there just flopping around as a rogue toe, <laughs> you're not going to get a whole lot done. <laughs> you're not going to get a whole lot accomplished if you detach from the body as a toe, and here you are just as a toe with a toenail uh, trying to do something for God. <laughs> There's only so much you can accomplish. Since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let us go ahead and be what we were made be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Come look at look at your neighbor and say you're excellent. Now look back at the person that just said that to you and tell them you're marvelous. It it says I love when Paul's writing this he says since we find ourselves fashioned into these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of the body, who are the parts of the body? You. Yeah. So he's saying all the parts of the body are important. All of the parts of the body are excellent. All of the parts of the body have a function. All of the parts of the body are marvelous. Mm-hmm. And somebody just needs to be reminded of that today, that, that whatever God has called you to do and put in your heart to do and whatever your purpose is, it's not less than somebody else's just because it looks different. Yeah. Just, just, just because, well, you think, well, I'm a foot and not a hand. Well... That's a problem. That's a problem. Every part of the body is important. Yeah. So no matter what your role is, no matter what part you play, no matter what God has, has called you to do, it's not less than what somebody else is called to do. We're all just called to play our part. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you with that today. And Amanda's got a couple more she's going to read here, and then we'll dive in. Ephesians 4.9 says two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That's good. That's good. When you get together with people, you can, you can put that in a lot of context, but when you get together yeah. with people, it's a lot easier for the enemy to attack you when you're alone than it is when you're around people. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he won't attack you when you're around people, but you have people. Yeah. There are people around you that can pick you up and help you out. And so today we want to go through this, and we're going to give you six points uh, that we feel are important regarding family. And to help you, if you're taking notes, uh, we're gonna, these six points, we're going to spell out the word family to help you out. So we're going to go through each letter, and we're going to give you... Now, these these are some things that as we were praying through this and discussing this that we felt like we were supposed to share with you. This is not uh, the fix-all to everything. This is not going to fix your family. This is not going to... you know. But we believe this will help you, and that God told us to tell you these things. And there's a reason when God says to, to speak on this, there's a reason why. He knew yeah. you were going to be here. Yeah. And so we want to share these things with you and kind of give some of our personal experiences and just kind of have a conversation with you today, if that's all right. So the first one, let's start with the letter F. And the letter F stands for fight. Fight. 
Some of you, as you're writing that down or you're typing that in your phone, you're thinking, I got that one down. <laughs> I know how to fight and win every single time, <laughs> right? I got it down. But while we do need to learn how to fight fair in relationship with people, with your spouse, with, with uh, coworkers, with, you know, there's going to be conflict coming to your life. And we need to know how to fight fair, but we're not talking about fighting with each other. We're talking about fighting for each other. Yeah. You need some fight. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in a season where you just didn't feel like fighting or you didn't feel like the person that was closest to you was fighting for you and there was some frustration there. We need, we need to have some fight in us that when Amanda is down or she's going through a tough time or something happens maybe on her side of the family and, and, and something traumatic happens or whatever the case might be, that I've got something on the inside of me that's going to fight for her. Yeah. Yeah. And when something's going on in my life or when I'm struggling, when I'm feeling down or going through something, that she's got something on the inside of her that says, I'm going to fight for him. Yeah. I'm not going to let you stay there. I'm going to fight for you. I want to fight for you. And, and the best way to fight the people that you love is by prayer. Yeah. The best way to fight for the people that you love is by praying for them. Mm-hmm. Praying for the people that you're closest to. Praying for your spouse. Praying for your kids. Praying for your coworkers. Praying for your friends. That's the best way that you can fight because God can do so much more in in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm that we can't see going on when we pray. When I try to figure it out, a lot of times I make it worse. (laughs) When I try to come up with a solution on how we're going to fix this and, well, we've been arguing here lately and so we're going to start doing this and doing that. No, if I just begin to pray, then God can do something. That I cannot do. And so prayer is our number one weapon when we're fighting for each other. It's this idea of instead of fighting face-to-face, it's this idea of fighting back-to-back. And I know uh, a little over a month ago when Amanda spoke, she used this example even in community. And it's the same today that when we stand back-to-back, if we're fighting this way and the enemy's got us turned at each other, then we can't see what's going on around us and what he's doing. But when we turn back to back, and she says, I got your back over here, and I say, I've got your back over here, and when I see something coming, I'm going to begin to pray. And when she sees something coming, she's going to begin to pray, and we're fighting for each other, then God can do what only God can do in all the situations in our life. And sometimes we argue, and we we do argue. (laughs) We argue. uh, This this last week, we've argued quite a bit, if we're just being transparent, (laughs) leading up to a message on on family. But... (laughs) But when we learn to, to turn back to back and say, you know what, I got your back. Yep. You've got my back. Yeah. And we see what yes. And we see what the enemy is trying to do. Yeah. And we're not gonna let him succeed in what he's trying to do. And yeah. I'm gonna fight for you and you're gonna fight for me. We need some fight in our relationships. I think about uh, I think about Amanda, she's not wearing her glasses today, she's got her contacts in, but if she didn't have her contacts in and didn't have her glasses on, how cruel would it be for me to just expect her to just be able to just go and do whatever she needs to do, right? I mean, if she doesn't have that on, she can't see to walk around the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And how do you know you've been up in the middle of the night and, and we have kids. So if she gets up in the middle of the night and doesn't have glasses, doesn't have any contacts on, and we have toys in our floor when we go to bed, right? We have kids. We have four kids. And how many of you know that Legos are from the devil? <laughs> right? During the day, they're awesome. It's God's gift. During the day, the kids are playing with them and they're enjoying it. It's passing the time. <laughs> They're building things, learning things. But at night, man, the devil just steps in and he takes over those, those darn Legos. 
and they end up in places that they weren't supposed to end up, and then you're walking through the house in the dark, and you step on them, and it is no fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? You about lose your salvation right there in the living room when you step on a Lego. <laughs> but it, it's this picture of me, if she doesn't have what she needs to see in yeah. this season of life, I'm going to lead her. Yeah. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to encourage her. That's another way that you can that you can fight for each other is encouragement. Anybody yeah. ever need some encouragement? Right? And we can't we can't put that all on our spouse to do that or all on the people around us to do that. We have to learn how to encourage ourselves as well and encourage yeah. ourselves in the Lord and allow God to encourage us yeah. also. But from time to time it's nice to to for me to walk in the house and 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 just give her a word of encouragement. Just say something nice about her. Say something about what she's done. Say some, Just encourage her and for her to encourage me. And that's another way that we're fighting for each other. We're saying, you know what? I'm not going to let the enemy play with your mind yeah. and make you think that, yeah. I don't, that I don't think this about you. I'm going to tell you and I'm going to encourage you and you're going to encourage me so that we can just kill that and squash it before it ever even grows into anything in our yeah. minds. Amen? Yeah. So we need to have some fight. We need to have some fight for each other. Uh, I was thinking about we were preparing for this that we had uh, over the last, it seems like it's been years, but it's only been weeks in our home. We've had a lot of sickness and uh, it seems like one kid gets sick and as soon as they get over it, another kid gets sick and then Amanda was sick and, and there's a lot of sickness going around. It seems like we cannot kick the sickness, the sickness. And uh, there was somebody that, that is uh, one of our friends and, and is a part of our church had come over to our house and we didn't even know this person was there. And they're praying outside around our house and just believing that God is going to heal yeah. Our family. Yeah. That's fighting for the people that you're closest to. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Or the opportunity that we had just a couple of weeks ago to do that for some of our friends who have been going through a lot of stuff in their life, a lot of rough stuff in their lives, and we're able to go and pray with them and fight for them. Yeah. Fighting for each other. Yeah. And not against each other. So you got anything you want to say on that? Oh, I think you pretty much covered it. What I love, well, I said that, and now I'm going to say something. Um, but what I love is that um, I, he used and mentioned the fact that we fight fair. But um, with God, when we pray, he doesn't, there's no fighting fair. He has all the leverage in situations. He can do um, do what no man can do. And I think a lot of times we get in the way and we try to fix things on our own. I'm the queen of that, um, fixing things on my own. And God's just like, would you just ask me? Because I can do this way better than you can. Um, I think about this situation with the little girl that we fostered for almost a year, and everyone knows the story, but, you know, it didn't turn out like we thought. Well, we went to transition her with the family, and I still watch continually this year how God has just done, um, even talking to our old caseworkers, she said, I've never seen a family do like this. Um, her family texts us pictures, texts us videos. Um, we've already seen her quite a few times. That's because I have a God that fights on my behalf, and that same God fights on your behalf. So you got to know that um, when I'm fighting for him, you know, he was saying that about my glasses because I am almost like I'm borderline legally blind. So when you say I don't have my glasses on, I can't see. And there are seasons when you feel like you can't see, and that's why you have a church family, you have an immediate family, you have family that can fight for you when you feel like you can't fight for yourself. Um, and we have to be willing to do the same for others. Don't say, oh, I'll pray for you. No, stop and pray for them right away. Fight with them. Encourage them. Um, be be that for one another. We've got to fight with each other. 
All right, A. A is appreciation. And I'm not talking about appreciation. Yes, we have appreciation for the above and beyond things that people do. You know, we get these special things. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I have to brag on him. It was actually just last week. Um, it had been a really, like he said, we've everybody's been sick. And um, literally, he came home one day, and I was like, I almost put our kids in the closet. Almost. I mean, I came really close. <laughs> Just being transparent. They never ended up there, but I sure wanted to at moments. Um, but he scheduled me a massage. Okay, well, that's easy to be appreciative of, right? Come on, because somebody. What girl don't want a massage? <laughs> so, Y'all need to write that down. All the men need to write that down right now. <laughs> so he scheduled me a massage, okay? But I'm not talking about appreciation. I was super appreciative. Um, but I'm not talking about appreciation for that. I'm talking about appreciation for the mundane. I'm talking about the stuff that we kind of take for granted. Um, maybe in your family, the things that your wife does on a regular basis, your husband does on a regular basis, maybe even something good that your kids do on a regular basis. Um, I know for me, I take that for granted in my kids sometimes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, you see the constant, and I might see what they're doing wrong more than I see what they're doing right. And you, like, learn to look for things to appreciate. Um, and even here, for example, at church, finding people, um, Army, she's one of our cafe people today, setting up the food. Thank you, Army. You're filling our bellies. You're giving us coffee, right? And our kids, you may not have a kid back there. I know many of us do. I have four back there. Thank you to the teachers. Take time to pour into our kids, to love on them. Um, there's people that had to set up these chairs. This room does not look this way. Taking time to appreciate the things that we tend to overlook. When you go into work tomorrow, look for something to appreciate about your coworkers, about your boss, about, you know, uh, we just take things for granted that are right in front of us all the time. Taking time to appreciate um, there's something. Look for it. What can you show appreciation for? That's good. So the M, the next one, M is for ministry. And sometimes we have a, a tendency to think that uh, Gabe and Amanda are in ministry. But I would say that every person that's in this room right now is in ministry. Yeah, yeah. You're all, you're all ministering in some way. We just need to pay attention to what we're doing and allow God to use us uh, in the places that we're in. But... I want to I want to kind of translate this idea of ministry because what ministry is for me personally and for our family it is it is serving. So we get the opportunity to minister, we get the opportunity to lead this church and to lead these teams and lead lead people but we do that through serving. Yeah. We we serve in the community. Yeah. We serve our leaders, we serve the people that are around us. And I feel like it's the same way for every person sitting in here today that ministry is serving. Yeah. And I would encourage you to find opportunity if you're married to serve with your spouse. Yeah. Find opportunity to serve with your spouse. There's a lot of opportunity in November and December. There's a lot of opportunity to do things in the community to be a part of what God is doing and what people are doing to bless other people. And get together with your spouse and say, you know what? We're going to serve together. Let's go do this together. Mm -hmm. Let's go do something that's not about me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go do something that's not about us. Let's go do something that we're not going to get anything in return for just to bless somebody else. Yeah. And I think that is so important. And I would even encourage you, if you have kids, serve with your kids. Yeah. Let your kids serve with you. We have, uh, we have serve day opportunities every month for you to, to, that we organize as a church that you can be a part of. But each year we do this big serve day, citywide serve day in July. And this last year we had around 60 people show up to serve in our community. And we did six or seven projects across our city.
to just be a blessing to people. And we, we were there. We were serving, but we wanted our kids there. Yeah. So our kids were with us. All of them were with us. And they were serving, and they were stacking boxes and moving diapers and doing all of those things. Yeah. Because we want our kids to learn at a young age that, that, that this is what being a follower of Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. It's serving. Yeah. It's about it, it's looking and allowing God to show you somebody that you can serve. Yeah. You know, even Jesus said it himself, and we mentioned it a hundred times in our church, but he said, I came to serve. He was the leader. I came to serve, not to be served. Yeah, I didn't right. come for you, here for you to serve me. I came to serve you. Yep. And to bring you what I have. How many of you, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you know you have something to give somebody. That's right. You have something yeah. to offer somebody. And when we're serving people, we're being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're saying, you know what? I came to serve you because I have something that I want you to have. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to serve you and, and, and lead you to Jesus through my serving. Yeah. Um, it could be serving, figuring out how you can serve with your coworkers or serving with your church family in, in the ways that we mentioned. But figuring out how you can begin to serve mm-hmm. on a regular basis. On a regular basis. One great opportunity is the spirit of giving that's coming up yeah. this next month on December 15th. Man, show up and serve at that event. Show up at 9 a.m. And, and let's set up our areas and, and watch what God does as people are blessed all from all across our city. I mean, yeah. it is incredible. That's an opportunity for you to serve. But figure out how you can serve. I love this, this quote. It says, God is more interested in the relationships you build during service together mm-hmm. than he is in the service that you do. God, God, here's what God cares about, people. Yeah. So God, God will send you or give you an opportunity to serve somebody based on the relationship that you'll form with that person or the people that you're serving with so that you can then build the kingdom. Right. It's about people. It's not as much about what you do. It's not as much about when, when we stand out and we, and we serve lunches or give away barbecue sandwiches or, or whatever it is that we're doing as a church. It's not as much about the barbecue sandwich as it is about the relationships and the conversations yeah. that happen while we're there. Yeah. That God's trying to work things together and orchestrate things so that more people can know Jesus. That's right. And that's what it's about. So I encourage you, figure out some way to serve with your family. Serve with your church family. Serve with your your friends. Serve with your immediate family, your spouse. We need each other to serve. Nobody has all the talents. Can I get an amen? Amen. Nobody has all the gifts. You don't have all the talents. I don't have all the talents. You don't have all the gifts. That's right. I don't have all the gifts. God has gifted different people to do different things and God did it that way intentionally so that you would need me and I would need you and we would need each other to be able to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish he designed it that way he designed you to be different for me so that I would need you and you would need me and together we could accomplish what God wants us to accomplish Together we could reach people. Together we could do what God says to do. Together we could we could see more people come to know Jesus. Together we could serve our community. Together we could do all these things. But you need me and I need you because I don't have everything. You don't have everything. Mm-hmm. So that's important for us to remember in regards to this. And we say this all the time, and I want to kind of translate it in a different way, that family gets more done. Yeah. I don't know about your family. Uh, we mentioned that we have four kids, and when it's time to clean the house, everybody cleaning the house. Yeah. <laughs> right? Somebody's got the vacuum. Somebody's picking up the bedroom, somebody's in the playroom, somebody's in the kitchen, somebody's wiping off the table. It's a team effort. We say that all around our house, even when our kids complain. Come on, somebody. You're, when you try to do this, your kids or whoever you're trying to do it with, they might be some complainers in the group. But we tell them we're a team. Yeah. And we work together as a team. And we're going right. to do this as a team because the team and the family can get more done. 250 people can do more than one. 
Yeah. When you're the rogue toe that's out here just flopping around, there's only so much you can do. But when the whole body is functioning, yeah. then we can then then the, the sky's the limit. That's right. You know, God says, Hey, there's an entire body that's functioning in the way that I designed them to function so I can do something through them. Yeah. I can bring more people. I can I can I can give them more responsibility. I can give them more to do. I can I can use them more because they're all functioning in their role. Yeah. God wired us that we feel most alive when we are a part of a team or a family accomplishing things for God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. So we need to be serving together. We need to be in ministry together. I love how he mentioned um, spirit of giving because um, just this last week, you know, you may say, well, I know that day is not going to work for us. I highly encourage you to be there. It's one of my favorite events of the year. Um, but it, it's such a great time where you're giving with like there's no limit on what you give and um, people that truly um, just are so excited um, to be receiving and anyways but my point in bringing up spirit of giving again was maybe you say like I can't be there or maybe you can be there but even a great way to serve is to buy the supplies help get the supplies this last week um, Hadley and I um, I normally make my list on my phone but I wrote down on paper a different list and she said what are you doing and I was like these are the supplies we need to get for spirit of giving and spirit of giving alone um, and so we kind of got to talking about that it's a great time where you can in, even and once again, I say this, I mean, you know, I have four little people, so, um, it, but it's a great way, that's a form of serving, you know, and, and maybe you can't be there, you can either way, be a part by getting that. We have the Thanksgiving baskets. You can serve by getting those supplies to be able to reach out. You may not be the one handing them, we only have like a couple of ladies that go, um, and hand them to people, but you're the one giving them the food, like you're affecting people's lives through that, so, um, that's a form of serving. Um, I, or I, is intimacy. And I don't know about you, I'm a married girl, but um, so my mind immediately went to a different place when we said intimacy. That's not what we're talking about today, not that kind of intimacy. That's important, but that's not where we're at. So um, the next thing we need is intimacy. And by that I mean um, intimacy, getting to know each other, letting people in. Um, I want to say this, is that stop waiting for the person next to you to reach out to you. Reach out. Um, you know, I think that a lot of times we sit back and we say, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Well, you know, Becca can't know I'm struggling unless I tell her. And don't quit waiting for someone to guess that you are. Go, go reach out. You know, you desperately need a friend. Go find a friend. We have been averaging about 250 people every Sunday. There's somebody in this room that can be your friend, I promise. Um, so find someone. Let them in. There's a place where you, when you let someone know your struggle, I get it. It's hard. Um, we spent the last couple of months, last few months, being more honest about our own personal struggles up here. But there's something that happens. We, we become more intimate. When I share my struggle with you, you share your struggle with me. I have a friend, we did that the other day, and we kept, both kept going, please don't think bad of me. Please, I mean, just, just know that I'm just struggling. I know it's not right, but, you know, the reality was she probably didn't think anything about me. I know I didn't think anything about her, but all of a sudden we're done with our discussion, and we felt closer. I felt closer to her. We do. Um, we've got to let people in. Let people help us. Let people... Um, that creates intimacy. I mean, it, you know, just as he was talking about, the whole thing's about family, and we say show up for church, end up with family. You got family here. That We are family. Family to, to have dinner with. Family to have fun with. Family to struggle with. 
to celebrate with. So in intimacy, it's taking the time when someone says, hey, I'm struggling. You know, it's saying we're in the South and we're all real good about like, we say hi to everybody, right? And you say, hi, how are you? Most of the time we walk past somebody and we say, hey, how are you? We don't even know what they just said. We didn't even listen. So I'm talking about intimacy that we're slowing down and hearing the person next to us and actually hearing what they're saying. Are they struggling? Then stop and pray for them right now. Don't say, I'm so sorry. You know, don't. And that's great. I think that sometimes we do need to sit with people in their pain. Tell them we're sorry that they're there. Listen to them. Be a good ear. And pray for them. You know, encourage them. Remember them tomorrow and check on them again. You know, um, it's intimacy. It's letting people into your life um, and, and inviting people into your life. I think that's huge. Like God did not make us to live life alone. And Adam had to say, I, I kind of wondered, did Adam say, hey, God, I'm kind of lonely. Like I love you and all. I mean, was there that kind of conversation? There might have been. Um, I don't know. The word doesn't say that. I'm just kind of wondering. You know, but the thing is, is, I think that we walk through this life being lonely, and at one of the leadership conferences we were at recently, he said, that's not right. Even as pastors, um, statistics show that pastors are some of the loneliest people on the planet. It's silly. Um, it's, and I'm not saying that, oh, feel sorry for us. No, it's, it's sad because, and this is what he said, as leaders, we've got to be leading the way to say, don't be lonely. And we've got to choose to be lonely. And I'm going to choose to not be lonely. I'm going to choose intimacy. I'm going to choose friendship. I'm going to choose to let people in. Um, we can't know. You know, I can't guess. And so don't don't expect people to guess. Um, let people in. Let them know. Really listen. And generosity. Generosity creates intimacy. When we're generous with our resources, when we're generous with our time. I have a friend and she constantly reminds me, let me be a blessing to you. Let me help you. And she's done that. She's shown up at my door. I've had quite a few. Even my grandma this last week, she um, kept my kids so I could have a little bit of alone time. It's generous with the resources. It's generous with your time. It could be um, take someone a coffee. Um, that was one thing, like with intimacy, it's knowing someone. My sister had given me this idea a while back about recording what people like. Um, so it may creep you out, but I probably have some kind of note of you somewhere that says so-and-so likes this. Um, it can be simple. But it's a way that you're saying, look, I know you and I see you. It's a small little fact that I saw, but I saw that you liked a caramel macchiato from Paris Coffee, and I just brought it to you to say, hey, I love you and I see you. God sees you. I hope you have a great day. Um, it's simple things, but it creates intimacy. Um, and we've got to learn to allow people in. There's just a different level of family that happens when we're intimate with one another. It's like small groups. You will find the greatest of friends in small groups. You will. In our I groups. You will. You will. It's good. Let's talk about L. L is for leisure. Leisure. And I want to, as you're writing that down, I want to ask you a question. Are you having fun together? <laughs> are you having fun together? Yeah. On a regular basis? Yeah. Because I believe it's an important part of your relationships and an important part of your immediate family, your church family, that we have fun together. So I want to give you just a few things that, uh, that are some ways that this can be practically uh, applicable to your life and then kind of share some of our personal examples. And by no means do we have it all figured out. We don't think that we have it all figured out, and we're not no. going to pretend to have it all figured out, but just some things that we know uh, have worked for us and that we do and try to be intentional about. And the first one is eat dinner together. Yeah. Eat dinner together. We try to be intentional about that most every night. 
I mean, there are some occasions where there's something going on or something happened or there's a meeting or something like that that we're not able to. But for the most part, uh, we eat dinner together as a family. With the TV off. With TV <laughs> off, yes. <laughs> That's my role. TV has to be off because nobody's paying attention to one another when they're, the TV's on. That's good. So we eat dinner together as a family with TV off, <laughs> uh, which is a key ingredient. And there are some, some interesting conversations and some good conversations that happen when you eat together. Yeah. Um, our kids are nine, seven, four, and ten months, and there are some interesting conversations that happen yeah. whenever we just start asking some questions. How yeah. was your day? What did you do today? What did you learn? You know, you start you start getting to know each other, and then it becomes fun. One of the things um, I didn't mention this in the last service, I forgot, but one of the things that we do in our house that has become this really fun thing is normally this this little stereo that we have in our dining room. It stays on just really, really low, so they're just on the radio station pretty much all the time, but you can't really hear it until you get real close to it. And there's a song that comes on, and when this song comes on, it's real popular right now. When this song comes on, uh, one of the things we do in our home is somebody, and usually it's one of our kids, usually it's Camden or you know somebody, will run over there and turn it up really, really loud, and everybody stops everything that they're doing. And start dancing. We can't dance. I'm just warning. I mean, we cannot dance. Yeah. But we just have fun. Our kids dance way better than we do. Yeah. But it's just this thing that, that, that we do that they'll, when they're walking through there, they'll hear that song and they're like, oh, and they'll turn it up and they'll just look at us, you know. And, and everybody will stop. I mean, if we're eating dinner and it comes on, everybody just gets up from eating and we start dancing around the dining room. And so it's become this fun kind of tradition yeah. that our family's doing. And when that song's not popular, we'll just find another song. <laughs> Keep doing the same it's thing. It's always going to be popular. It's um, No, it's not that it's going to be popular to everyone else. It's you got to live by Tadashi or however you say his name. And it's just so fun. But find your own song and just dance it out. Honestly, it was in counseling that she had recommended. To, she asked me, she said, do you ever just dance in your kitchen? And I was like, no. <laughs> she said, you've got to learn to loosen up. Stop taking life so seriously and have some fun. And so I started doing that, and I hope that when my kids, I mean, my four-year-old, he, <laughs> it's become something so silly, and I'd, I'd probably die seeing us because, I mean, it's ridiculous the way we dance, but his little face lights up and because we're just having fun together. There's no agenda. It's just let's dance and shake it off. Whatever the days held, whatever the weeks held, what we've yelled at each other, let's dance it off. Let's have some fun and laugh together. And that's what we all end up doing, laughing together. And that's what it's about. And I would even encourage you, not even with your immediate family or your spouse, it could even be with friends. Yeah. You know, get together with people and go out to eat. Yeah. And enjoy conversation and, and just say, you know what, today might have been a rough day, but, man, we're going to go out tonight. That's right. We're going to get something to eat, and we're going to sit here for two hours and just laugh. Yeah. We're going to do something fun. Yeah. Another thing that, that we do, our kids really enjoy playing games. Anybody in the 1115 service enjoy playing games, card games, board games, yeah. anything like that? Our kids really enjoy that, and so there's a lot of times in the evenings where uh, one of our kids will say, "Let's play a game," and usually especially it's one Ryland. specific, yeah, especially <laughs> Ryle. And it's, it'll sometimes be this specific game that they're wanting to play, or that, that we've played, you know, for the like the last seven times we've played this same game. But it's something they enjoy doing. Yeah. And so we'll sit down sometimes around the the table, and we'll get the board game out, and we'll just play games. And even even like friends, even looking around the room today. Get together with some people and play games. Yeah. You know, I love uh, 
Owen and Kelly Job have been leading an I group that was all about cornhole. I mean, like, we're going to pray for each other. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to get to know each other better. And we're going to play. We're going to have fun. Yeah. We're going to have fun. Yeah. There's something to be said about having fun. There is. Yeah. It just does something for us whenever we have fun together. Yeah. And so be more intentional about having fun. Here's, here's one for those of us that are married. If you're not married, then you can just take this and put this in your back pocket and use it later. But for those of us that are married, uh, go on regular dates. Yeah. Go on a regular date. Have fun together. Yeah. You know, life can get so serious. You know, in our family, the dynamic is I'm working usually during the day, and and then she's at home, and we homeschool our kids. I say we. She homeschool our kids. Yeah. She teaches the kids, and, and we'll take care of the house and fix dinner. And, and so she's busy all day long, and I'll be busy all day long. And if we don't take time every once in a while to just go out and just have fun together, yeah. then we'll start to, to not like each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Some of, you, some of you don't like your spouse because you don't date them. Mm, <laughs> you good. just don't go have any fun together. That's good. And you need, to get, you need to get fun back in your relationship. Yeah. And even with your friends, you know, go out and do something fun. Yeah. You know, we have Dustin and Andrea. We rotate with them. And so every other week we're on a date yeah. with each other. You know, for a few hours, and we'll be out, we'll go see a movie, or we'll go eat, or we'll go bowling, or we'll do something. And, and then the next week, we'll watch their kids, they'll go out, and then they'll watch our kids, and we'll go out, and we kind of have this thing. Find, find somebody, we, we may mention this, Amanda may mention this in the first service. Uh, find somebody, we have a lot of kids in our church. We do. Which means there's a lot of people in our church that have kids. Yeah. So, so look around. So today, whenever you're checking your kids out, you know, you got two kids, be looking around. Like, who else has got two kids, you know? <laughs> Who else has got that look in their eyes? Who can we take out to lunch and meet them and say, hey, you know what's a great idea? (laughs) You know, Gabe and Amanda just talked about it today, how, you know, this rotating thing and going out on dates. And just find those people that you can rotate with and you can go out on dates and invest in your relationships. Yeah. Invest in your marriage. Invest in your relationships with the people that you're the closest to. Yeah. On a regular basis. And one way that we did this, even as a church family, was yesterday uh, we had our fall festival that we have. It's it's the third year we've had it. It's always been the first Saturday in November. And for some reason, the weather has always cooperated, and it's always <laughs> great the first Saturday in November. But it was an opportunity where we got together, and we just had fun. Yeah. We had this massive kickball game going on out there that a lot of people are sore from today. <laughs> uh, there were games out there, inflatables for the kids. We had food. The playground was there. I mean, we just had a really good time for about three or four hours. We just got together and enjoyed being around people. Yeah. Enjoyed conversations, enjoyed playing games. We need we need that yeah. in our lives. We need that in our relationships and in our families. Yeah, we do. Have fun regularly. Regularly. And our last one is you. You. Um, the thing that I believe we have to be intentional with is ourselves. Um, the, the saying that we, this one's pretty short because it's pretty much summed up and be so busy improving yourself that you don't have time to criticize others. And I think that's the thing. We get so caught up in um, watching everybody else and how they're living their lives and how I could tell them how to live it better. And if we just focus on improving ourselves, a lot of things would change. Um, I'm going to tell myself a little bit. As he said, we we have um, been in a few more arguments this last week than usual even. And um, (laughs) I think it was like Friday night or something. And I started like I just went in laid into him, yelled at him in front of the kids and everything. So I came back later, and we were riding in the car. And um, I apologized to him and, and uh, said, I'm, not that I was, 
I meant what I said, but I shouldn't have said it like that. Like, there's a point we can have an honest conversation. Um, but I told him, I said, I'm sorry, I can't you with a critical spirit um, instead of in love. And, and the way that I did it was wrong. Um, and I just, I was so focused on all the things he's doing wrong. I didn't even pay attention to myself. And, um, the funny part was I had to apologize to our kids as well, because we really try hard not to talk, um, discuss things or fight in front of our children. Um, not that I don't think, I think it's important for kids to see us discuss things out, but I think that there's also importance in just privacy for us. Um, and, and just for our kids to feel, always feel safe and secure. But anyways, um, so I went to apologize to her kids. I said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have treated your dad that way. Um, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that the way that I did. And, and our nine-year-old, she, it's very humbling to apologize to your children because she proceeded to tell me, Mom, I thought that. I just didn't want to tell you. And um, Yeah. So you got to know, like, <laughs> they're watching. Um, but regardless, we've got to be focused on um, improving ourselves. And um, this, it, just knowing that, how we know we've accepted others is when we, um, when we stop insisting that they be like us, that we realize and rejoice in the fact that they're different. And I think that there's a lot of times we think, oh, no, I'm so glad you're different from me. But then, yeah, I'm so quick to be so critical of the way that you choose to do it differently. Um, I saw this funny video this last week about this, like, husband and wife duo. You've probably seen it. And um, anyway, she just went back and forth, and she's like, I want you to, like, will you help me clean? And then he starts cleaning, and she's like, that's the decorative towel you're cleaning with. You know, it's like we're critical, and I, I mean, I was the epitome of that video. You know, like, where you say, I want you to spend time with me. And then she's all of a sudden going, I don't ever get a moment alone. Would you just leave me alone? You know, makes the whole thing confusing, um, this little side note. But um, anyways, the whole point is – be concerned about improving yourself, not just in a marriage. Um, here in the church, if we'll just focus on doing what we do right, doing well, um, and I'll be focused on what the person next to us, oh, they're not raising their hands. Well, let's, let's quit watching the person next to us and, and focus on what does the Lord have for me today. Um, we're not called to be selfish beings. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about focus on you. You know, you're having some, some difficulty at work. Focus on yourself and how you can improve because you may say, you know what, I'm not doing a darn thing. More than likely, there's some way that you're contributing, whether it's maybe in your attitude or maybe in a look you give or whatever, um, you could be contributing. So just focus on improving yourself and making sure that you're keeping a good attitude or whatever. Here at church, at home, doesn't matter where. It applies everywhere. Focus on yourself. Be so busy improving yourself that you don't have time to criticize others. That's good. We're going to, if I can get a few of you to help me out here, I'm going to shift. We want to talk to you for just a moment as we kind of wrap things up on this idea of church family because we are church and uh, it's very applicable. And I've asked some people to help me out with this illustration. So if I can get um, Matt and Caroline... You guys going to come up. I'm inviting you, Owen and Kelly, Mossy and Ermy. If you guys can come up here and help me out for just a moment. I want to talk to you about church family because there's something, there's something interesting. You guys can just find a seat. Come on, can we give it up for the volunteers? They volunteered to come up here and let you stare at them for a few minutes. 
So one thing that I love about our church that, that God is doing and that has been our heart from the very beginning is that our church is very diverse. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of backgrounds, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different uh, cultures represented. And that's one thing that I, I absolutely love that God is doing because I think it's this picture of heaven that we're not all going to be exactly the same whenever we get to heaven. Yeah. You know, we're going to get there and, and everybody's going to be different, right? But we're yeah. all serving the same Jesus, right? Are you with me? But I, I love that. I love the uh, the idea of this table, as it as, as it as we talk about our church family. Because there's always room at the table. Yeah. So you might look at this table that's up here, and all the seats are full, and it doesn't appear like there's any room. But here's the cool thing: person that that you invite, or your spouse that that decides to come with you. Or the, the person that you've been praying for and they show up, there's always room at the table. Because here's what God does. God has this interesting way of always making the table yeah. a little bit bigger. Yeah. So we look up here and we think, man, there just doesn't seem like there's, there's any room. Oh, no, there's room. Yeah. Oh, there's room. And I think sometimes that, that, that the angels, you know, might just be a little bit excited in heaven. They're like, oh, who's coming to the family today? Like, who's, yeah. who's going to receive Jesus today? Who's gonna, how many chairs do we need to sit out today? Oh, we need to make the table a little bigger. You know, maybe God, I don't know if he just breathes on it, you know, and it gets bigger. Or if he waves his hand, I don't know how God does that. But he has this way of always making room yeah. at the table. Yeah. So maybe you're here, or maybe there's somebody you've been praying for or that you've been inviting and they're not here, or maybe they've come before, or maybe you're in that place right now where it doesn't seem like there's any room at the table. Mm. Well, you know, I've done this, and well, I did that, and well, my prayer I just doesn't seem to be working. And No, there's always room at the table. That's right. And what I want you to know is that God is working behind the scenes. As yeah. we pray, as we talk to people, and as we invite people, and as we invite God into our conversations, that God is working behind the scenes and doing things, and he's stretching the table out and he's like, Oh, they don't know yeah. it yet, but they're coming this Sunday. Yeah. And so I'm gonna make a little bit more I'm gonna make a little bit more room, right? Oh, they don't know it yet, but the person that they've been working with for the last three years and they just kind of been talking to them about Jesus a little bit here and there, you know, and just showing them that they love them unconditionally and praying for their family and stuff like that. They're coming today and because they found out where they go to church and, and they don't know it yet, but they're coming and so I'm just making a little bit more room. There's yeah. always more room. God has a way of always making more room. Yeah. When there needs to be more room. Yeah. It's just the way that God works. And there's room at the table for you. I don't know if yeah. you're here today and you haven't, you haven't maybe given your life to Jesus yet. There's room. Yeah. That's and here's, right. here's the awesome thing about our God. Our God does, is not keeping score. Hmm. It's based on one decision. And it's what you do with Jesus. Yeah. And whenever you say, you know what, Jesus, I receive what you did for me, and I ask you to forgive me and come into my life and change me, and I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life, everything else gets wiped away. Yeah. So it's not like you got one mark over here for the good side of you and 77 marks over here for the bad side of you, and you've got to start doing all this stuff to kind of even it out. No, whenever you give your life to Jesus, all that side goes away. Yeah. Now you're still going to have a past and you're going to still have things that you got to work through and temptations that are going to come or whatever. But now you've got a God on your side that can help you. And, that, and, and you've got – see what happens is when the table gets bigger and I get in here and I get a seat at the table, now I've got people around me that are sitting at the same table that I'm sitting at yeah. that can help me. Yeah. It's my family. Yeah. It's my That's family. Right. 
And one of the things we say here has kind of become our tagline as a church is that if you show up for church, you'll end up with family. Yeah. Show up for church, end up with family. And we, we have tried so desperately to create a place by prayer and, and all these people to where people feel welcome and they feel like as soon as they walk through the door, they're family. Yeah. Like, I belong here. I don't even know if I believe everything that they believe, but I know that I belong here. Yeah. Because you can belong before you ever believe. That's right. And I can walk in here, and I can feel welcomed, and man, these people are so nice, and wow, the worship, and oh man, I just feel so at home. Like, this feels like family. That's what our church is about. Yeah. It's about family. It's about family. Thank you guys for helping me out. I'm going to bring the worship team. You guys, wherever you're at, you can go ahead and... Oh, my. <laughs> wherever you guys are at, you guys can go ahead and come up and get ready. I want you to... I'm going to have you stand. Go ahead and stand. Let's go ahead and stand all over this room. We're going to end and, and sing one. We're going to worship one more time before we leave, but... We put this in our notes, and it's going to be on the screen behind us. It says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. Yeah. So some of us are trying to do everything on our own, and we're running real fast, and we're getting a whole lot done, and it seems like we're being productive, but then you burn out, and you lose interest. And then when something happens that discourages you, you quit doing what you were doing because you were doing it all alone, didn't have any people around you. Yeah. But when you get people around you, and you run together with people, then the pace may not be exactly what you think it should be. It'll be God's pace, but we'll run far together. Yeah, that's right. You might run fast on your own right now, but if you want to go far, get around people. Yeah. If you want to go far, get on a team. Yeah. If you want to go far, get in a group. If you want to go far, attend regularly. If you yeah. want to go far, get around people and run with people so that you can run far. And, you know, even just speaking from the table perspective, I just began to think, um, and I, I wonder maybe if you're somebody in here that you say, well, I'm sitting alone at a table, I feel like, and, and I'm speaking, you know, not not literally, or maybe you feel literally you're sitting alone at a table, then like I said earlier, invite someone to your table. Maybe you don't have means, maybe you say, hey, I'm not even a cook, I don't want to cook for them, then invite them out to dinner and eat with someone. Um, you know, invite someone to your table. You know, you may walk. You may have walked in here for the first time today and said, I didn't feel very welcome. I feel like everyone has their friends. It's not true. Um, even as he said that, we're not just talking about God's table. We're talking about the impact table. We're saying that everyone has a place. There's somewhere for you. Um, and we want to be part of your family if, if you feel like this is where God's called you to. So I just want to encourage you. Maybe even you're, you're somebody that you say, I've got a group of friends and I'm okay with it. Maybe it's time you opened up your group and let some other people in. Maybe it's time that you said, hey, I'm going to welcome some more people that I don't really know that well to my table, to my to my table, I say in that way. Um, so I just want to challenge you with that. And our last thing, just summing up our points, is just, just asking you today, are you taking time, are you fighting for your family? Are you taking time to fight for your family, your immediate family, your church family, your work family, whatever? Are you taking time to appreciate, to show appreciation? Are you taking time to do ministry together, to serve together, whatever way that may be, to serve together? Are you taking time to be intimate, to create intimacy? Are you letting people in? Are you, are you opening yourself and trying to um, 
and, and, and trying to show people that you care. Intimacy and then leisure. Are you, are you taking time to have fun? God is a God of fun. He likes fun. I, I, I think it was, I think it was uh, uh, Charlie this last week that she said that. She said, I just can't help but wonder like that God's up there and when he sees us laughing, he's like, I just love that. You know, and he starts laughing with us. I think it's true. Yeah. I think he does. Laugh. Take time. You know, even if you don't have a family in your home, that you take time to dance it out with your fam- with your friends that are family, with your church family. I mean, I'll dance it out with you in private somewhere because I sure ain't going to do it out here. It's not pretty, I promise. But seriously, take time to have fun. The leisure and last is you. You. Focus on you. Focus on you. And you won't be so busy criticizing others. And maybe you say, I'm not a critical person. The reality is we're fixed on something. What are you fixed on? And if I'm fixed on fixing me, then I'm not worried about others. And I'm accepting them for who they are and how they do things and all of the above. So be focused on those things. I'm going to read this last statement that we're going to sing. So it says, God has made us in all different kinds of ways to do all different kinds of things so that everything can get done in this world. He's created every person uniquely with a role to play and a part to play so that everything can get done because one person can't do it all. So God, we thank you. We thank you that you have created us all different. Lord, but we're all called to be a part of the family. So Lord, I pray that today if there's any person here that doesn't feel like they're a part of the family, God, that that you would remind them that they're a part of the family. Lord, that they would reach out to somebody, invite somebody to their table. God, if they already have a table, and people, Lord, that, that you would allow them to open up their table so that other people can come in, Lord, so that other people can experience relationship the way that you intend for them too. And God, today I pray as we sing this last song, if there's anybody here who needs prayer, anybody at all, Lord, I pray that, that all pride would leave. And Lord, that if we need prayer, that we would come for prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name.